Hey, today is Friday, September 8th, 2023, and you're listening to the Ask Christian Podcast. I'm your host, Nate. Today, we start off by discussing the future of the Ask a Christian Podcast and what platform we're going to be using. Uh, like that matters for you guys. If you're going to be on Clubhouse, you'd already be here. Um, anyway, but um, yeah, so we don't know. We'll just kind of see where it goes. Um, the podcast, no matter what, will remain um, different issue as long as I can afford to pay for stuff like hosting and media and files. Um, so anything you get from the Ask a Christian store is helpful. And anything you buy on Amazon, like the Ask a Christian book, to help, help people have civil discussions about religion and Christianity and point them to Jesus, that's super helpful. Anyways, back to the original note. Um, the podcast is is not de- dependent on which platform we use. There will always be something. Anyway, so we talk about that for a little bit, and then we talk about rich people problems. <laughs> not me, but apparently all these other uh, money bags. They're like, oh, look how much taxes I have to pay, and look at all the money I made. Great. So if that's you, maybe you can find some advice on how to be a good steward of your money. Um, then we talk about godly advice for our newlywed to be friends. Um, you'll just have to hear through that one. There's there's a guy. Um, well, you'll hear. But it's it's to be married people. They're engaged. They're having problems with their future in laws and navigating that. So we we try to give some good godly advice. And when that is pushed back up on with teenage obstinance, we force him to listen to our godly advice because <laughs> we mute him and don't let him talk. Um, anyways, and uh, then we talk about you know does marriage count? Because um, people will say, well, look, we don't want to get married because of state reasons and money and insurance and student loans and health care costs. Because when you get married, um, it makes everything like more expensive or more financially strenuous or whatever. Um, anyway, even if that's an argument, because I think marriage a lot of times consolidates and makes it less of a problem. But taking it through word, that's not a reason. Like monetary gain for like, you know, eternal covenants, eternal commandments. If you're going to get married, get married. Um if you don't want to get married, then don't live together. There you go. That's that's a good godly Bible answer. Um, anyway, so we talk about what does it really matter if the state blesses your union or not. Like if it's in the eyes of God and the church, that's what really matters. So could you get married in the eyes of God and just not have a legal marriage for the government? Um, I think yes, but you'll hear dissenting views. And, you know, the actual pastors we ask uh, seem to come down pretty hard on the side of, you know, they want the, the state to bless it because, you know, the Bible verse that talks about how God sets up authorities and rulers and, you know, they're in power because of God, so listen to them. Uh, anyway, so, anyway, um, let's see, what else? How do you treat people who are mean to you, like families? Um, not just anyone, but like families, parents, children, stuff like that. Um, are you supposed to be a battering ram, like turn the other cheek? Like at what point do you have no more cheeks to turn? Um, so, you know, turning the other cheek doesn't mean be a punching bag. Um, separate yourself. So don't stand there and argue and fight back with them. Um, and don't be a punching bag. Just remove yourself from the equation. Um, that's a good thing. Just walk away. Anyway, so check out this. You have, you'll hear a good discussion with lots of different good advice coming in from different perspectives and different angles from people who have experienced this, people who are experiencing these things. So it is... Uh, 
it is a touchy-feely sort of podcast. Not not the usual, like, I hate God, but God doesn't exist, and God's mean. It's a little more heartfelt than that. So you hear some uh, some passionate testimonies and reconciliation that was made in some people's own lives with their family and things like that. So it is a good podcast. It's a good episode. Share this podcast with people and check out the Ask a Christian book and the Ask a Christian store. Buy something, support this podcast, because back to the second note, we still got to pay for some stuff. And by we, I guess I mean me. So hosting is unfortunately not cheap, and it is getting more and more not cheap. Um, so it's not a huge overhead, but it's getting pricey. So anything you do is super, super helpful. Um, and if you don't have money, you can also join us live. And for right now, that's on Clubhouse. And we're also consolidating on Discord uh, because that seems to be a stable enough platform that it's going to be there. It's been there 30 years. It's going to be there probably 30 more. So... Um, Check out the Discord link. That should also be in the podcast description. And you can join us there if you like to join the community and talk. Anyway, take care. Have an awesome weekend. See you later. And then they're like, I don't need to demand my kid worship me. I love them even if they hate me. I'm like, great, wonderful. They're like, well, your God just seems narcissistic. I'm like, ah. I hate that more than the best possible words. It's like, look, oh, like, I. Uh, on one hand, when you read Job from like, you know, kind of like a sincere, like, you know, Christian Bible believing person attitude, um, you read Job and you're like, wow, that is that is like, you know, reverential and awe inspiring. And it's like, you know, it's hard to think of myself as someone who's so low. Uh, but really, it's more like I'm it's not I'm so low because we're created a little lower than the angels. It's more like God is so far above us. So even if God makes us lower than the angels, which is not like a little worm, it's not necessarily a little ant. It's very, very high. It's just in comparison to a holy, sovereign God, he is so much higher than us in all of our ways that we may as well be compared to ants. Um, so I get it. Praise Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Um, and then if you read it in the other way, it's like – or then if you hear people talk about it like, oh, why – God is so mean or, you know, why this? And it's like they talk like a little – and you just see it. It's like, you know what? I'm kind of on God's side. Maybe, maybe we should just all be smitten um, out of existence. It's like, gosh, to hear a little ant talk to someone that the ant can't even see or recognize the existence of because of their obstinance and hardness of their little ant stony heart. Um, and, and they're pronouncing judgment like, oh, I could do it better. God is a malevolent narcissist. Ah. And then you hear their other chat rooms about like, you know, how drunk, how like blackout drunk they got and like, you know, which thruple they're having sex with. And like, you know, they're like just animal like instinct urges that by the way, even ants wouldn't do. Um, even ants wouldn't debase herself that much, but these are the moral authorities pronouncing judgment that if there is the God of the Bible, he's so bad. He's so malevolent. He's so narcissistic. Oh, give me a break. Vomit. So how's your morning? I mean, yeah, pretty good. How, how do you really feel about that? Man? Can Dude, you, can... I, I, that, that's like the, like talk about best possible worlds all day, but whenever you like, it's just like, look guys, come on, hedge a little bit. It's, it's like, if, if I was talking about some other subject or something and the claim of the person was there's this alien race so far above you, you can't even perceive their existence because they're just so far superior. Um, and then they did one thing that sounded a little wrong to, to my judgment. Instead, of, I, I would think, OK, if what you say is true, kind of like Michael. I mean, you know, he, he kind of came out swinging yesterday for the other the pronouncing judgment side. But I mean, usually he'll be like, OK, I could put the hat on. And I can say, if this is true, then sure, what you say. I'm like, great, fine. You know, no one's winning a medal here, but that that's fair. I like to think I could do that too. And I'd be like, okay, well, if it is, as you say, this technical alien overlord is just 
totally right because they claim they're totally right. And if something sounds wrong or evil to me, then there has to be a way to rationalize it because they claim they are good. So I, I concede. If everything you say is true, I am wrong, and it's a problem with <clears throat> my understanding and my reasoning, not them. I get it. But if everything you say is not true, um, you know, maybe they're evil. And it's like, how, how can you have the hubris to be like, no, absolutely not. The way your God in the Bible is described, he is evil and a narcissist and la, 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 la. It's like, you, can't, you wouldn't even diagnose a person because you'd be like, I'm not qualified. I'm not a medical professional. But you're diagnosing a deity? Oh. <laughs> That's a good point. I mean, Katanji Brown won't, like, diagnose what a woman is because she's not a biologist. So, so, we, we did try the, uh, how do you pronounce it, Lose it? Like, Colin, like I'm calling you, or Callan app? Uh, apparently, I mean, it was acquired by Rumble. I went on so it's for, good. like, five seconds, and it said the room has already ended, and then I saw that you came here, so. Yeah, I wanted to test it out, but I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, look, I, I, I need very few things, right? I mean, I, I need, I need a microphone and I need speakers, and it needs people. That's all. So yeah, yeah, me, uh, Lou and I were over there for a little bit, and we were just kind of messing around with it, and it said it was public, open to the world, and blah blah blah. But you know, no one found it, so I don't know how long I have to wait there. Um, but it's like you know, I, I do need as much as they're kind of irritants i i do need a consistent feed of either like christians new to the faith that have questions or god-hating demons that want to combat the faith uh, you know just something to get the conversation going so um you know over there it's like and then lou he had to go if i would have known you were coming i would have hung out like we're having a good conversation last night like there's no reason it can't be a podcast of two or three um just gotta have two or three talkers I mean, I've got an appointment, so, so I, I ha, yes. probably won't See, be here so. that long. Sorry. <laughs> but, you know, I'll be here as long as... Steph's, like, burning up Discord already, but uh, apparently that's um, not able to crawl into this room. Uh, Discord. Making me oh, use this it. Gen Z app, this Gen Z nonsense. Blah. I mean, it's... I'm going to say, you know, it took me a while to, to get my head around Discord, but I like it. I mean, it's just uh, like, I, I don't know, man. You admitted it was better for like the meme game. The meme game is strong over there. Did you look through some of those? I did look. Why? I did. What was the one that Felix put up that was real? I can't remember it off the top. Well, let's go check it out because it's so easy to find with the channels. All right. Let's go to Christian memes. By the way, guys, yeah, click on the, uh, since who knows what's going to happen with Discord or where we're going to, or I mean with uh, Clubhouse or who knows where we're going to end up. The pinned link at the top is to the Ask a Christian Discord server. So you, at least you can stay in touch with us and uh, figure out what's going on. And no matter if Clubhouse burns down tomorrow. Um, Pretty sure Clubhouse burned what? down on like Tuesday. <laughs> you didn't understand the meme Felix posted? I understood it. I thought it was just funny. It was the one that stood out to me. Oh, I thought you were saying like, what? What is this? I like the one that <laughs> I like the one Victoria posted. We all shall call his name anonymous. 
he uses the name as uh, to spread joyous and redeeming comments all over the internet. <laughs> that was pretty funny. <laughs> I mean, those are tame, though. Oh, what? <laughs> now Steph says, okay, Nate, I've got to set up. What are we doing here? <laughs> okay, is, well, at least people Steph are making accounts. Is Steph wanting to broadcast on Discord right now? Did she enjoy no, my not... room called <clears throat> I Hate Discord More Than Arminian? No, she was talking about the call-in place, because I tried to tell her when I was going there. Hang on. Y'all were too slow. It's set up for future use, but we on Clubhouse right now. Oh, gosh, this this is where the mutiny starts. Oh, hey, CEO. I Hey, I'm not responsible. Like, I did not see or hear hands raised or anything like that. And now I'm, like, following everyone. So, uh... Oh, Nate, by the way, all my accounting for 22 got done. I'm very excited. And my new bookkeeper, man, that guy is on top of it. He is all, like, I, I just paid him yesterday, and then, because he finished 22, and now my bookkeeper is working on 23 already. So he's going to have me all squared away for 2023. Things are looking up in the business, man. Wait, you don't uh, have welcome your to 2022 Discord taxes filed, Chris? No, the deadline is in um, one week, and that's when I file my taxes. I just pay the penalty because the penalty is like 60 bucks, and I'd rather have an extra six months to pay because I gotta, I'm going to owe them like $10,000. Wait, whoa. Mr. Moneybags yep. over there. Bro, that's that's literally what I pay the IRS every year. It's like seven between six and twelve thousand dollars Oh, that's so cute. I owe them fifty for last year. I'm gonna owe them fifty for this year. <laughs> what? Thousand or dollars? That's correct. Fifty thousand. Well You we... make more money than I do, crazy lady. We You're got... kidding. Fifty thousand what we the got heck? It, Why got haven't you started a compound and invited us all to live on it yet? <laughs> I know it sucks. I'm so are, screwed. Are you not no paying your quarterly? Not um, one cent. And I have for last year $8,000. This is off your LLC. LLC. And it, it is yeah. from your LLC. Oh, yeah. I got it. I have, a, I have an actual corporation, but my CPA is trying to make it so that I don't have to pay quarterly for the longest, for as long as I have to. I think this year is my last year but I can do an annual, and then they're going to make me do a quarterly next year. Yeah, I think C-Corps are better because it's actually a lower tax rate. So, it's pretty Well, I'm a, I'm a sub-S, and so I'm a flow-through because I'm a sole proprietor. I think Steph is the same way. Yep, exactly. So, I was about to ask, what yeah, the hell yeah. do you guys do? No, no one cares, Scrooge McDucks. When you have no money, <laughs> none of this conversation means anything. <laughs> Listen, listen, though. My income was high enough the last two years to owe the government $50,000. And I have made a total of 30000 this year. So we're in trouble. It's going to be fine. Wait, what? You've only made thirty k this year so far? Yeah, I took a maternity leave. So I started working in March. And then because I'm on commission, there's a three-month delay in everything I do. So I basically didn't get a check until June. And then the market crashed. So it's fine. I mean, except maybe you're starving children. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, instead this of paying the government. This is another reason you should move to Florida.
Florida, the, the housing is a boom in Florida. Like, yeah, how like much of that is state tax? How much is that state tax of what? How much is what, Nate? State tax. Like on income? I don't know. Whenever people give money to the government, there's like federal and state. How much do you pay in New York? Like how much? Okay, I owe. Oh my goodness. Your state income tax. I owe like thirty-five to federal and eighteen or something to. Yeah. See that right there? That would cover your entire family's move to Florida, as well as partial down payment on a house. Uh, real estate is real. I would have to work half as much because my average sale is like $150,000, but in Florida, the average sale is like 300. So I literally would have to work half as much and make. Uh, who wants to do that? Who wants to work half as much and make the same money? Uh, oh, but y'all got bugs and I don't know about that. Because we have no state taxes. No, y'all got scorpions. Wait. I'm not doing that. And Californians. Scorpions? Yeah. Really? I've never yeah. seen a scorpion here. There are scorpions in Texas. We got, we've got giant flying cockroaches. I'm not going to lie. But you know what? You know what's better than giant flying cockroaches? No state income tax. Yeah, that is pretty tempting. I mean, I think Kansas and South Dakota and Tennessee don't have it either. You know, I'm paying state taxes for the first time in my life since moving to Philly. I've uh, never paid wait, state taxes. How's that? Wait, how's you that moved to Philly? Felix? Well, I, I moved temporarily to, to Philly for about maybe a year, but yeah, it sucks. I don't like it. And like, I'm making more money. I'm making more money hourly here, but I'm taking less than I did in Florida. I'm making less hourly over there. Bro, when I lived in Brooklyn, like, paying it federal, state, and city income tax? It was insane. Yep. And then my property taxes on top of that, which I pay ahead, of course, but I have like a tiny little third of an acre and we pay 6500 a year on property tax. And my house is appraised at $90,000. Are you freaking kidding me? No. Six Gs? So again, you need to come to Texas because that's wild. That is it's so straight up. Now, Texas is, now, Texas is going to be the next state overthrown by by those people. Yeah, you're going to turn and cry, dude. No. <laughs> no, it's not. No, Texas will be no, the Texas first state to secede from turn. the union, if anything. Texas will be the first state to secede from the union. Yeah, Texas is not going to turn. And become their own to, country. How close are Austin to you? How close are you to Austin? Oh, no. Um, Austin is two and a half hours. I'm in Houston, so we're in East Texas. Uh, southeast Texas. Yeah, um, I thought you were so, in yeah. New York. I thought you were. No, that's where I I I grew up. But no, I'm oh, out here in Houston, okay. not paying property taxes, um, because of the military. Thank you, Uncle Sam. Um, so there's that. Uh, but also not paying state taxes either because there are none. And also, if you have a business, if you have a business, Texas is like probably one of the best states to live in, which is why a lot of the big headquarters, like Elon Musk's stuff, um, and a few others, are have they're moving their headquarters to Texas because California's property taxes and a bunch of others have gone through the roof. So they're moving to Texas where they can save on their entire conglomerate of companies all across the world because their headquarters is here. So again, if you got a business, Texas is phenomenal.
Yeah, my okay. business is location, location uh, dependent. And I just realized, why are we both like bidding for Steph to come? It's like bidding for a hurricane to hit your state. Like, why? Why? I don't know, wow, but really? I'm, bo I'm bored with all this. Someone talk about Jesus. <laughs> Jesus said, give unto Caesar what is Caesar. Oh, I was going to say that. <laughs> That's what God. I was going to say. <laughs> yep. Well, I'm about to write Caesar a really big check next week. I'm hey, Zach, welcome. Good morning. I have a question for you. Oh, thank you. Oh, <laughs> okay. Yes, I have a question for you. My question is, is, it about, is yes, one plus one plus one one? <laughs> you, say you, is, is, you say you have one God. You say you have one God. The way yeah, I'm cackling in this hallway right now is yeah, there's so so in the Trinity, there's Mary, there's Jesus. This little Ishmaelite over here is and, cooking y'all a little Edomite. I uh, know. And then there is uh, Baal. So Baal is part of the Trinity and Mary and Jesus. Who do they think? Mary, Jesus, and who? Who's the other one? Oh, the Father. Oh, sound like you said Kal-El. No, I said Baal. Kal-El, definitely. Yeah. Okay, we can throw Kal El in there. Sure, why not? I mean, it's just as it's just as accurate as. I had some questions, like a serious question though. Um, I was talking about the doctrine of preservation with a friend last night, and I was wondering, like, um, I looked up the Chicago. Wait, real quick, before we keep going, what preservation are we speaking of? Preservation of saints or scripture? Scripture, scripture. Um. And admittedly, I am a TR preferred slash KJV preferred. Not an onlyist, but on the spectrum, apparently, according to James White. Um, so I was wondering, like, are there any... She said on the spectrum. Yeah, that is true. Any KJV preferreds are on the spectrum. Yeah, we're on, we're me. on the... Wait, before you go any further, which spectrum? Uh, the, the spectrum of KJV only. Autism. <laughs> It's the, yeah, same, yeah, it's, the yeah, same, yeah, it's, yeah. it's the same as the gender spectrum. Go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're not going to yeah, need a platform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's going to hate us, and everyone's going to block us, and no one's going to come here. So it doesn't matter what platform we're on. I'm KJV fluid. Um, but if anybody could like point me to <laughs> other confessions of faith, or like, because uh, I'm leaning Presbyterian, and oh, uh, I'm, I'm I'm familiarizing myself with like the Westminster. Yes. Not that I agree with it all. But you know, some of it is is valid. You should look at the um, Belgic if you if you like the Westminster already. Look at the Belgic too; it's very yeah. So I was I was asking if there are like any other confessions of faith outside the Chicago yeah. that speak to like the infallibility of scripture. Yeah, so most of them are going to mention it. You can find it, even though I don't prefer it, obviously because of the view on certain parts of sacramentology. Uh, the London Baptist Confession uh, puts it in there. The uh, canons of Dort have it listed, like all three forms of unity have it listed. Heidelberg's, um, the Heidelberg Catechism, um, canons of Dort, the Belgic Confession, which is what like the Dutch Reform hold to, which is what my denomination is. But most of the major confessions of the Reform tradition are going to include the preservation of Scripture in there. Yeah. It's not necessarily going to include again. arguments for it, but it'll include the fact that it is preserved and it has. Right, and and the Chicago statement, which Nate loved. Reading 
reading the entire thing on Clubhouse one day. Which Chris, um, as the father of lies, is like, it's very quick. <laughs> it's not that long. It's like three pages on a PDF. Anyway. It was like 30. Um, it was three. Um, <laughs> but uh, but the, the Chicago statement is really good, though, Zach, because it kind of takes on a lot of the modern arguments. You know, like, Bubby is totally correct. The Belgic, the Westminster... Um, the London Baptist, and then you've got the Heidelberg Catechism are all going to mention it. But the Chicago Statement is really taking on the modern appellations of what inerrancy actually means, because people like at Fuller Seminary were trying to change the definition of inerrancy um, to mean something that it doesn't mean. And so there's this push in evangelicalism to attempt to redefine what inerrancy means. And the Chicago Statement and this is in the, I think the 80s is when the Chicago Statement came out. Um, the Chicago Statement attempts to put those definitions back to their traditional ideas that are talked about in the other confessions. And for so the record, you guys need to stop swiping left. Yeah, I still have muscle memory from before this app was complete garbage. Ah, wow, was there ever a time? Yeah, yeah, when like, uh, like when, when replays first got introduced, uh, before the Discord people came on here, uh, yeah, it was pretty. <laughs> when it was still invite only, yeah, well, that was pretty great. Hey, Bubby, yes or no? Is Discord a Gen? Yes. yes. No, it can't yes. be. I was using it in, I was using it in two thousand four when I was playing World of Warcraft. Yeah, and how and old it, were you in two thousand four? Cool then. How old were you in 2004, Nate? 20? That's what I thought. I'm Gen X. Yeah, but you were using it when you were in the, our generation's age. Yeah. Yeah, but I also wasn't the first person to use it. Like, it the, doesn't like, matter. Like, it's fine. It's the, fine. Like, the Gen Z thing, like, Discord is for us. Facebook is for anybody <clears throat> over the age of 35. Okay? Instagram is for people between the ages of 22 Ugh, just and 30. And Twitter, no, no, no. Twitter is for anybody that wants to be toxic. Hold on. Then what about Clubhouse? Like whatever Clubhouse is, it's it's Clubhouse is Clubhouse is for everyone. You have people that are young. You have people that are thirty year olds with a midlife crisis trying to figure out their identity, which somehow relates to being an Israelite. You have people. (laughs) There's all type of people. There was so much savagery in what you just said. Oh my goodness, dude! Like this is why I love Bubby because Bubby. Can take a perfectly calm room and throw enough flames to turn it into a dumpster fire every time. I love it's it. It's fantastic. It's Bubby, are you still living? Talent. Are you still living in sin, Bubby? Uh, what sin in specific? I am living but in sin every day. That Instagram comment. Instagram. The conversation we were having with like your your fiance or lady friend or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, we're. I'm. I am still living in sin. If if you're asking if I'm married yet, I am still living in sin. Yes. Praying for your soul. But the good update is there should be a place within the next month or two that I'm moving into for the first time to finally have my own place. So that's good. You'd rather move into your own place and just get married? No, he's taking her with him. Yeah, Bobby, because her her, her, her parents that. are essentially Nazis because they're Asian. Uh, and listen, this is no racial stuff. But oh, Asian, parents, the Asian parents are always on the craziest strict schedule of all time. And plus, they're Vietnamese, so they kind of hate the fact that I'm not Asian and I'm dating their daughter. So for the most part, uh, she wants to get out of there because she hates them. 
I wanted to get out of there because I hate them. Um, and she's With willing to just wife. drop it and go. So yeah, we're just bu- we bought our own place, and now we're who's willing. The, I'm gonna tell you, Bobby, you're you're gonna regret that. Like wait, I, Mary, I preach. Oh wait, what? No, <laughs> preach. You're, you're regret. Wow. Bubby wife. Trying to give Bubby some some good Christian advice, but y'all okay, heathens. Okay. No, it's good. Go ahead. Y'all heathens. Nate, trying to clean it up. There's mother, 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 Steph, give Bubby your your sound sage advice. Bubby, you're gonna regret that. When I moved in with Chad before we were married, I said all the same stuff about how it was really expensive to live separately. Neither of our parents were helping us. Like I was, we were both working. Blah blah. blah. We got a two bedroom apartment. One room was his. One room was mine. I regret it. Like I'm telling you that you're, it's too late now because you're in contract on a house, but you're gonna regret this L- later. Listen, I'd rather take the regret than keep living in this hellhole of a Nazi dictatorship that her parents are forever. I'm good. I'm not okay, gonna wait so until wait. her dad. I'm not gonna by, wait until her dad dies of lung cancer from smoking all the tar that he does every single day to go ahead and by get... by Nazi dictatorship. Do you mean like as in she's 21 years old? Every day. As in she's 21 years old and can't be home or can't be out later than 9 p.m. and can't be picked up earlier than 12 p.m. I kind of love these parents. I, I kind of want them to be my parents. It's yeah, disgusting. No, I'm, that. That, I'm, I'm fine with both of those things, yeah. Because yeah. she's an unmarried young woman. Like, Bubby, you're going to... She's the main provider of her household. She works three jobs. Her parents work one. And she's the one providing the main source of income. And I, they still treat her like garbage and abuse her every day. Do you share, the, do you share these thoughts with her just like you're sharing them with us? Oh, I said it to her parents' face directly. Congratulations. The entire rest of your life with this person is going to be bad. Oh, no. The, no, no. She's cut her parents off, too. We've cut all ties with her family. All ties with her family. You know, it's like how, it's like how, you know, you know how whenever, you know how whenever, like, a friend has a girlfriend and, like, they break up with them and you want to, like, show support for your friend? Ha! You swipe left. You're going to have to wait and listen to me before I bring you back I hate up. you. Uh, Sorry. You, you know how, like, when a friend, like, breaks up with a girlfriend, they're fighting, and you're trying to be, like, you know, you're good bros, so you're trying to take his side, and you trash her with him, and you're like, yeah, she sucks, like, yeah, I bet her breath smells bad, like, she's a terrible person, I never liked her anyway, and then what almost always happens, they, like, kiss and make up, and then, like, you're the bad friend, because he's like, yeah, well, yep. you know, it's it's weird, because, like, so it's like, no matter what she says about her parents, they're still her parents, and, like, girls are more, uh, you know, uh, prone to like Listen, making up all, with all I'll say is so that she's gonna make with, up with her parents with the previous history and the relationships at home that I know that they have with each other there's no relationship to be fixed there let's just put it that Bobby listen to your Bobby. elders Bobby listen Wait, to your okay. elders I'll listen yes, to what my eyes have seen for myself okay so Bobby listen when I was your age 10 and a half years ago I thought the same way I actually emancipated from my parents, which was a long and difficult journey because uh, I have some complaints and it is not like I, I regret it. Like, be careful, tread carefully, because in the future, this might come back. Like Nate is saying, you know, be be more peaceable than you're being Absolutely. and also get married. I'm not going to be peaceable with racists. I'm not peaceable with racists. Wait, this went from a curfew time to now they're hardcore racist. Just like, what did, did I thing? not are mention the fact that uh, he did not wait, like hey, me hey, over yeah. the fact that I wasn't Asian dating his daughter? Yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Let's just like back up and go from the biggest thing first. Oh. Okay, so are they are they literally Hitler 
And yes. let's work our way back from there. So what is the worst thing? Okay, so they're racist because you're brown. I mean, they're brown too, but you're the wrong, the what, wrong kind one, of brown. Like, like they, they've, uh, what, like, I'm pretty sure her dad like went on an entire tirade outside of me because they brought her home one minute late. Went on an entire tirade about how much of a bum I was, even though the condo that I'm getting right now costs double the amount of the house he currently owns. Are you sure they just don't like you because you're Calvinist? No, they're 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 Buddhists. They don't well, care. I, okay, so I I have a little bit of an unpopular opinion here. So I think okay, that if you have if your parents, if someone's parents who are very much into their culture, like an Italian mom who wants her son to marry an Italian girl, or a black mom who wants you know her son to marry a black woman. That's called a preference. That is not racist. Right. It is called a preference. Why should there be a racial preference? It's a what, what's cultural the, what's the, what, preference. What's the preference of the it race? It is a cultural preference. Yeah, it's about the culture. And, and, I was going to say, it's going to be for the same reason that Jewish parents Me doing nothing but helping, but helping their daughter and helping them financially as well. Me doing everything does nothing but disqualifies me from the fact okay. that he's told me directly to my face because I'm Bobby, Hispanic. He does Bobby, not like Bobby, Take a breath. Hold on. So I used to, you, I, I, that I used to feel exactly where I felt like I had the whole picture and I was so justified and I, I was in a really similar situation that you're describing. And then afterwards I had to repair a lot of damage because like there are fa family relationships don't go away. No matter how unjust you think the person is, or no matter, and even if she doesn't talk to them, the second you have your first child, she's going to want her mother. Like, I'm telling you, things are going to change so much for you guys in the next five years. Family relationships do not, your feelings about them, their feelings about you, these things can change. But you have to, like, there's a reason that the Bible tells us how to stand up for ourselves and how to make peace with each other. We're actually given instructions for how to engage in conflict. And it's all very wise because the instructions we're given do not cause permanent lasting damage. Like sometimes what you should be doing is saying, okay, I may set a boundary, right? I may say like, well, she yeah, and I a restraining order on her father. He's not allowed to come on my property. <laughs> okay. Um, let me, let me, wait, wait, hang, wait, wait, hang on, wait, 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 really oh, wait, 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 hang on, hang on, hang, wait, stop. Steps are going to finish. Hang on. Let's reset a little bit. So ah, we went from, ha, ha, my, my, wait, wait. Yeah. We, we went from, ha ha, you know, my future in-laws suck. And, oh gosh. That, I'm sorry. Come back. <laughs> for a step. I was trying to, I was trying to moderate you and I moved you. Where are you? Stop swiping left. This is too hard. Can, Malik, can you invite Steph up here? Thank you, Malak, my okay. actual true friend. <laughs> okay. Hey, all right, let's reset. So we went from Bobby being like, ha-ha, my future in-laws, they suck, they're awful, ha-ha-ha, and everyone's joking. Okay, and then it took a serious turn. So now, since we're on a serious turn, let's try to curtail the uh, the ha ha -ness and, uh, you know, actually have a Christian godly... Uh, I have one, I have one because, Nope, no, you don't, no, you don't. Oh, oh, oh hang on. Um, sorry, Malak. Uh, because I'm sure somebody can hopefully get some benefit from this going forward. So, uh, Malik, what were you saying? And then we'll let Steph finish. I, I mean, Rubby shouldn't be upset. All of this is predestined. Well, I mean, he, 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 he is somehow fighting against the will of God. Okay, so let that be the last joke, or may you be stricken by lightning. Steph, please finish your godly point that you were saying.
Bubby, I understand fully that you feel like you have the full picture and have righteous anger. And I think that I, I can relate to that fully. And I am telling you, looking back on a very similar situation, here's what I would do. And I want you to really consider this. I want you to go to the courthouse, if only in secret, get married, move in together, start your lives together, lay some healthy boundaries with overbearing parents and stop talking about them like this because it's only going to hurt you in the end. But go marry this girl. Go go to the courthouse now and get married and then move in together. Yeah, I'm not finding middle ground with that with that dude. I'm sorry. But at least as of right now, there's no middle ground or any type of reconciliation. I'm not asking that you to find middle ground. I'm telling you that when you're in front of that man, you say nothing. And then you're like, Bubby, you already won. His his heart is going to be broken when his daughter moves in with you. Huh, okay, so be whatever. broken when he's dead off lung cancer. Okay. So listen to anyone okay. else. Wait, wait, yeah, I, I'd like to get in, please, for a second. Wait, can I can wait, I finish real quick? Wait. Yes. What stop? Oh my goodness. CEO, you go to the audience. Bubby, you go to the audience. Steph is making a point that whether or not you're gonna hear it, you're someone is going to. Steph, this is good advice. Please continue, and I will force people to listen. Like, oh my lord, this is like I don't know if we're still in ha ha world or if we're like being like biblically obstinate. But I mean, this is like, you know, we're the older are teaching the younger. You can mix and, match, mix and match your gender, I guess, and Chris can call us out later. But this is good advice. This will help you listen to people who have got some life experience. Please talk as long as you would like, Steph. What you're saying oh, is good. Goody. Thank you. Yes, talk as long. No, I'll, uh, look, Bubby, the kind of regrets that you're going to have are when you start a family with this girl and you guys have little children and you're starting to think about raising them biblically and you see the things that they have to face in the world and you see the compromises that they're tempted to make away from the faith, you're going to look back on how you did not marry this girl and how you made compromises against your faith and you moved in with her and you sort of like just, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like you kind of abandoned the, the ideal of, you know, being remaining pure and and getting married you're going to have this is going to haunt you when you have children and honestly when you're moving forward in your relationship when you come to hard times in your marriage you're going to think back on this compromise you made this justification it is an unhealthy start to your lifelong marriage to do it this way you need to get married now i wouldn't tell somebody this who's outside the church like my atheist brother it's like this is not something he would ever do that he's not under the law as paul says like i wouldn't give him this lecture you are fully educated and by your own admission so is she uh on the value of this you you need to marry this girl if you're going to move in together second You've already won the battle with her father. Like I was saying, you're, you're, she's engaged to you. You're taking her away from him. You're moving her in with you. There's going to be no more curfew. She's going to do whatever she wants. So when you're looking this man in the eye and he's screaming at you about something that you find absolutely detestable, or he's screaming at her and you just have this raging instinct to protect her, you need to just look him in the eye, say nothing and walk away right now. Because anything more that you do, you're going to have to undo tenfold later. I am telling you. Okay, that concludes my. And Sky, uh, in chat, like you're saying, like, I don't know what the deal. Yeah, welcome back to you. I don't know what the deal is with like people and like, uh, um, you know, reasons for not getting married. Sky, in chat, you said that uh, you'd get married right now if you had the money. Um, I don't know if that means like money for like a proper big wedding. But if that's the reason, assuming everything else, all the other boxes are checked, like, you know, it's it's a chick and you're all happy and good Christians and, you know, everything else, all the other boxes are checked biblically. Um, good Lord, it costs like 25 bucks for a marriage certificate with the state. Just like go to the court, elope, 
and don't even tell anyone. Like, you know, just like get married. And then like, like what Steph said, like, you know, if you, if you, as a sense of pride, which may also be bad, uh, you know, check that want to get married with like a big wedding. Well, great. You're, you're, you know, you're married, you're following, you know, what you think you should, um, you know, you whatever. And you can like save up your money and have a big giant wedding and invite all of us someday. Um, but if, if money's the only reason preventing someone from getting married, that should never be an answer. Cause it's like 20 bucks. Like Steph will send that to you right now. If you uh, don't have 20 bucks, for like a marriage certificate. It's also it's health insurance and student loans. Like they, they have other, I've talked to him about this before. They have other reasons that they're thinking, look, Bobby, I had all the same reasons and I regret, I did not wait for marriage and I moved in with my husband before we were married and I regret it. I wish I could, I wish I could just let you sit and look in my, and like our relationship is fine. Everything is great. I regret compromising that part of my faith. And I regret, like I, I justified something I knew and 10 years later, it still bothers me. You know what I mean? Like that doesn't just go away. One more point before we check on the CEO. As far as health insurance, you don't have to get like your spouse and health insurance. Like my wife doesn't have me on her health insurance. So in that regard, it's not costing as far as the student loans or whatever. I get it. That's a fair point. In that case, <clears throat> I may find a church that shares a absolute biblical, Bubby may say based view of marriage, which would be like, we will marry you in the eyes of God in our church, but you don't need a marriage certificate because the state uh, is concerned. You're not married. So none of that oh, financial stuff would matter. Idea. So like in the eyes of God and your brothers and sisters in Christ, you are married into eternity. In the eyes of state, uh, no, there's no monetary consideration because as far as they're concerned, you don't have a Caesar certificate, which you don't need. Uh, CEO, yes, what's up? Yeah, CEO? so I, I was just going to say that I, I think one of the most challenging things the Bible asks us to do, but we constantly have to press towards it, is to be empathetic. And so... With as it relates to the potential future in-laws, I mean, like, you know, my wife and I have talked about this. And so personally for me, my son can marry whoever he wants to and, you know, I'm good with it. But my wife, as a black woman, would see him not choosing to marry a black woman as a little bit of a reflection on her. And it's very hard for her to divorce herself from that. And I'm not saying that's right or wrong. That's just her feeling. So the father could feel the same sort of way, right? It could feel like it is sort of in some ways a rejection of him. So I, I think that that is something that we should always consider. And it doesn't mean that you accept the behavior or anything like that. But I do think empathy helps us see the bigger picture. Yeah. Hey, Queen, what's up, Queen? Like your... Hey, Queen. Hi, Queen. Hey, Malik. Hey, Steph. Hey, Puzzle. Hey, Bobby, sorry. I know what you're saying in the chat about no man wants to watch his wife be belittled. I, I get it. Like, you know, my, my husband was in the same situation as you. And like I said, I full on emancipated. Like emancipation isn't even legal in New York State. I had to fight so hard to emancipate from my parents. And I am you and your dad are on good terms now, right? <laughs> after the after the baptism thing at this exact moment, no. <laughs> wait, what wait, what baptism thing? Oh, shoot. I thought you were there. Oh, I asked my dad to baptize me. He said, no, it's fine. Malak and Rob already fixed it. We're, we're okay now. <laughs> my brain is okay now. That's a whole Wait, other... so did you finally get baptized? No, because my dad in front of my whole family said no, that, that I, he would not baptize me. So Why no. Why do you need your dad to do it? What? Why do you need your dad to do it? Well, I, it was a bit, bit, because he said he would do it last summer. And then like we were at this, the, uh, this is a whole thing. Do we want to derail? 
I, I mean, okay, well, let, let's put a cap in this point, and then I want to go to that, because it's like, okay, uh, Bubby, get married, stop living in sin. Sky, stop living in sin. I'll marry you myself. Um, uh, Steph, get baptized. Like, ah, you, uh, you, you heretics. I, I am ordained in a very, in, in like, you know, the free one online, what? which I guess, I mean, that, oh. that would be by, the, like, the state, so, you the know. Universal Church says, of like, the Anunnaki? Yeah, yeah, like, C Caesar says I can marry people. I don't know. And, you know, it's like the one that's, like, totally inclusive. Um, it's like, you know, we accept all religions. We accept all walks of life. Yeah, let them hear this podcast one day, and they're like, oh, well, we accept everyone except you. Get out. But, yeah. So okay. Caesar says I, I have this authority. <laughs> but so God, I'll, uh, I'll send you, know, you the $86, yeah, and $86, uh, Bobby. I just looked it up right now. $86 to buy the, the license where Nate gets to sign it. He signs it, he mails it to the courthouse, and you're married. Well, but that's the problem. So what Bubby needs is to not get married in the eyes of the state because, and I've explained this to him, like if he gets married, then that disqualifies him from the student uh, financial aid. Like it disqualifies him from um, the direct student lending that's for under the age of 24, but he can still take out the parent plus loans. So it's not really that big of a problem. And also his, the FAFSA will go by his income and not his parents. It would actually benefit him financially to get married, but he doesn't, he won't listen to that. This okay, is the problem. Well, that he's, well, he's got all well, these well, reasons to not get married. Okay. Well, hang on. Okay. We have an actual pastor, <laughs> Malak, an actual pastor, not like a me fake pastor, but like a you real pastor. Okay. Um, and Marquise, are you a real pastor too? I, I, I don't know. Yes. I'm a, teacher, yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, yeah, great. Okay. So, so, okay. Um, so let's take a man. Well, hang on. Hey, wait, wait, wait. I'm going to have to get off. I'm getting off, but I wrote something in the chat. Just to steal man what Steph said. I wrote some in the chat. I gotta go. Hope you guys have a good one. I'll check in on you later. Okay. Well I guess Malik, you have to be our you have to be our resident pastor. So Malik, actual pastor. Okay. Bubby's situation. He like let's just assume he's like a, a Christian and you know, he meets all all the boxes for marriage, right? You've canceled him, so like you're you're ready. You would totally marry him. The only thing is he's like, Well, I want you to marry me and all this other stuff. But I don't want to be married in the eyes of Caesar because of these financial reasons. Would you, as a pastor, with your full godly convictions, be like, yeah, like, you don't need a certificate of marriage by the state. Like, I'll totally marry you. Like, in the church, in the eyes of God, like, biblically speaking, yes, I will marry you so, you know, you can live with your wife and you guys can go become one flesh in the eyes of God in the church. Um, or would you be like, no, I cannot do that because, you know, I know it's in the eyes of God and all this other stuff. But if I'm going to marry you, it also has to be in the eyes of the state. Like, legitimate question. And if it's like a weird California law or some crap like that, discount that because we can go other places. So for the reason – so I, I would be more comfortable that if there's a legal document somewhere. I have told people to go to Tijuana and get a, get a legal document from there. And then for the reason that Steph is mentioning, to get all some kinds of benefits in the U.S. I, you know, if Bubby needs to go to Canada and get some document that he got married in Canada – and it's not in the U.S. for the loans and all that stuff. That's, I'm, I'm totally fine for that. But I would feel more comfortable that he has some kind of document that says he's married. Some kind of document. We, Does it have to be a document yeah, we, by a, an earthly government, an earthly Caesar? Or can yes. it be like a contract drawn up between like Someone with authority. Someone with authority. Someone with a judge in Canada, a judge anywhere. Okay. You know. A re a Indian reservation. Oh, that's a good option. Hey, Nate. How about a sovereign citizen? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Hey, just for the record, everybody, fan base is the new clubhouse. 
I heard it was uh, the call-in app. Yeah, everybody's my, well, not, I couldn't say everybody, but that's going to be the new migration. Not to mention, um, Nate, I would highly suggest you uh, op- uh, start Ask a Christian on there as well. Why? Because you can send people what's called loves, which is like half a penny. And so, you know, because everybody loves an eight. I don't know what why, but. Oh, th- this is where it happens, guys. This is where I make my billions of dollars on, uh, you know, by, by doing God's work half a penny at a time. This yeah. This is where so, it happens. Yeah, you can. Well, Harold. People can send you. So I haven't up. been on Fanbase, but Lou told me about the Colin or Callen app. Have you checked that one out? Can you compare that in Fanbase? I got you. I heard it was. I mean, have like have you been on both of them enough to give a comparison between the two? Nah, I didn't even I didn't even know about fan base till last night, so I can check it out. Okay, because yeah, I, I have an account on on Colin 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 whatever. I, like that's gonna keep me from using the platform. Like, how do you pronounce the name? Um, anyways, but yeah, so I have one there. It, it seems okay. I know it's bought out by Rumble, so I mean, you would think it has some pretty good financial backing. Um, but yeah, well, I may check out fan base is owned fan base. by. Fan base is owned by Isaac Hayes, the Isaac Hayes. <laughs> is that a guy that wrote real wicked game? Oh God, no! He's a he's a black singer. He's like, uh, uh, who am I thinking? I, who sang wicked? He's still okay. alive. Yeah. I don't wanna fall. It's Isaac, it's Isaac, someone. Hey, Z, Steph. are you coming up here because you know? It's Chris Isaac. Chris Isaac, thank you. Steph, how you doing? Uh, good man? song. Oh, Same his son. Him. My bad. No, my bad. It's Isaac Hayes' son. Yeah, Isaac Hayes Jr., I guess. I mean, I just want to go where the people are. Like, you know, I, I I need people to, you know, either want to learn about God or hate God and want to argue about God. And, like, that's what I need. So wherever I can that's get what more of that. That's what we're trying yeah, to turn I, it into. I don't know. Yeah, like, so wherever wherever I can get more of that. I like, think today is going to survive this. Well, I I don't think we need to. I think we need to stick it out. I think we're going to survive here. Heck no. Well, Fanbase well, right is now, a four ninety nine subscription. No, what? no. Fanbase is, is not rich free. person's game. Fanbase needs to. Uh, you need a membership. Oh my no, god! I just looked it up right now. You know, four ninety nine subscription. No, I that's that's something. No, that's something totally different. It's are so you only fans? Nah, it's like three different platforms combined in one. It's like, it's it's club. Basically, put it like this: it's Clubhouse combined with Instagram, combined with TikTok, combined with YouTube. Oh, it sounds like a nightmare. No. Yeah, yeah, it's a whole lot going on on there. I mean, I I think I'm I I mean I I'm not a I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of on Steph's side. Like, I mean, well, I don't know. Yesterday um, was a pretty good day, I guess, because everyone was raging against Clubhouse. So maybe. Maybe some other people found found this link and other people got here because it was a pretty pretty decent discussion. Uh, today, unfortunately, it was just all the all the same Christians who had nothing else to talk about because their theology was was already talked about. So they just talked about the government and taxes. Um, so we we've yet to find uh, new God hating atheists to to talk to yet. Unless there's someone down there in chat listening, get up here. Okay, we're nice. So we're promise. Listen. Keep in mind, there are no replays. The, one, yeah. the um the problem that Clubhouse has right now is that the hallway is a mess. The new drop-in voice chat rooms are actually really cool. If you go and just like join a random one and listen in, it it's kind of fun. Like I like that feature. 
The problem is it's hard. No, the problem is the hallway is not showing you live rooms. So I have faith that if they fix that algorithm, live rooms again in the hallway, it's going to be good again. I'm I'm going to stick it out here. That's my argument. Steph is a is a is a clubhouse heretic. Stop lying. Stop lying, Steph. Uh, You know it's not not good. She was talking to Roy yesterday. I can see That's live. Uh, I can see live rooms in my hallway. Yeah, but like, like they're buried, right? Like, like I had to scroll way, way, way down to find this room today. So you can see where they are, but they're like, you go through twelve rooms that are just drop-ins about nothing, and then there's a live room, and you go through fifteen more that are drop-ins about nothing. So I think mm-hmm. if they fix the hallway, it will work just fine again, and then people who like the drop-in rooms can keep. Using the drop-in rooms, they'll figure it out, guys. Don't don't exodus yet. No, nah, we're exodus. Are you we're, saying we're, have we're, have faith, even though we do not have evidence? Right, faith with no evidence. Thank you, Nate. It's it's horrible. Yeah, that's the quote. Man, Steph, <laughs> Steph, how you been doing, man? I haven't talked to you in a while. Hanging in there, man. My kids went back to school yesterday, so it is so quiet around here. It's wonderful. Hey, all praises, man. How are you doing? How's your girl? Uh, she's well, man. She's a bona fide, beautiful woman. She is. You know, she. Uh, I, I told her yesterday, man, I'm like, yo, you're more spiritual than you think you are, man. Because I was, my wife has this gift of interpreting scripture, even though she, like, never reads her Bible. <laughs> I don't know how. <laughs> She was like, because yesterday I told her, um, I was like, I just can't wrap my mind around why the Bible never says anything about Isaac or uh, Jacob lying to his dad, not to mention he dealt treacherously with his brother and Isaac's wife taught her kid how to be a deceiver to her own husband. And I'm like, nobody ever says anything about that she's like oh well you know maybe it has something to do with uh forgiveness or something like that i don't know and i was like i don't know about that and i kept reading and maybe like two chapters in um i was like yeah she might be right on that one but my wife i don't know what it is about women like women are just very intuitive but she is very i have a question for you harold but i i forgot steph um yeah what did i want to say earlier to cap off the the bubby disaster um <laughs> shout out bubs was i would i would have a line somewhere um like you know don't like get into yelling and screaming and you know saying horrible things to your in-laws um but i certainly also wouldn't let them like you know disrespect me or my wife um i mean if it got to that point i would do which what i, I think you mentioned briefly like very briefly before it kind of sounded like you just had to like suck it up and take a lot of it would just be like, you know, calmly dismiss yourself, like get your wife and go. And I I think that for me, that's, that's the line I would draw. Like I I would try not to disrespect them, uh, but I'm also not going to allow myself to be the object of their disrespect. I just like grab my wife, grab my family and go. And especially if they're, they're kids, no matter how much they may hate the son-in-law, um, they're going to come around real quick when you, you know, they like disrespect you a few times, you calmly, coolly and collectively grab your family and go. 
they're going to be like, you know, we want to see our grandkids, so maybe we should not be jerks to this guy. It's amazing uh, how, how that will just yeah. work out. Um, anyways. Exactly. Um, yeah, and just to respond, that, that's exactly what I was saying. I, I wasn't saying that Bubby should sit there quietly and take it. That's exactly it. Well, I said draw a boundary, right? Like, whatever your boundary is, maybe it's that you don't go to their house for dinner ever. Because, you know, whatever, like you, you just know that things are going to end poorly, um, not sit there and take it, but you know, don't, don't fire shots back. That's just going to be. And the other thing is when you get married, everything changes. Like I, I've heard other people say that they felt like nothing changed when they got married, but for me, it really did. Like everything felt different before we were married. My husband was actually pretty like distant about the difficulties between me and my parents. Like he was always there to support me, but he didn't step in the middle of it. He didn't rescue then after we were married, um, it very much became, no, we are our family now. This is, we have, you know, leave and cleave. We've left you. We've cleaved to each other. This is, uh, this is not how this is going to go down. So the other thing that Bubby's going to have trouble with is he's not married to this girl. He doesn't really have any actual authority to overcome her father. Like it's right now it's the girl he's living with. I don't know. There's just a million problems. And for the record, I married into a Filipino too, uh, family too. And, uh, Turns out they like white guys, or at least this one. <laughs> oh, your family's Filipino? <laughs> yeah, my in-laws, yeah, they're all Filipino, and, you know, we're, we're always at peace. So, yeah, like, they, they actually hang out in Orlando. So, like, whenever whenever we, uh, we're we in Chris's uh, nick of the woods, we, uh, yeah, go hang out there for, you know, holidays and birthdays and stuff. And, yeah, it's always good times. I, I like them. Except for cats. Oh, that's so funny. My family is Filipino <laughs> also. My stepdad's family, but they got married when I was really little. So they've been my family the whole time. But yeah, they were not wild about my Caucasian mom and all my cousins, like all of his, all my stepdad's siblings had married. Well, there was one guy they married who was Italian and he was like very darker skinned and they were okay with that. But my mom, very Caucasian. And when we met all my cousins, they were like, oh, you guys Did you say all my stepdads? All my cousins? What did I say? You said all my stepdads. No, just like everyone's stepdad. So nothing, nothing weird happening over here. Okay. But it was hard, like. It, you know, they were not they were not thrilled with who he had chosen for a wife. And then it took time. And, you know, he stood his ground. She stood hers. But they were always respectful. And it, it like they love us. You know, we became a family. It just took some time. Sometimes those cultural barriers are hard to break. Now, what were you going to say, Dee? I saw you unmute briefly. No, I'm just having problems. That's all. Oh. <laughs> Don't swipe left. See, I was called a racist once because I ain't even gonna say. <laughs> because of well, you can't say I was called a racist once, and the rest I'm not gonna say. Well, the, because because I have issues with different cultures. I don't have issues. It's just that I, I I tell my kids, if you're gonna marry somebody, make sure they're of your same culture, not necessarily the same color or same race. They could be whatever color or race they, you know, they are, but at least in in the same culture because. Sometimes those things don't work out. Sometimes they do. I don't know. It's just me. But I was called a racist for that. And it had nothing to do with race. It had to do with culture. I get it. I get it. I get it. Um, wait, is it okay if I speak? If what? You're speaking. Oh, yeah, of course. Go ahead. Yeah. Julio, God bless you. But, Bobby, I 100% understand where you're coming from. I come from an interculturally mixed family. And I know that you're also interracially mixed and interculturally mixed. So, and you're an amazing person. Don't get it wrong, right? But there's certain people who are genuinely ignorant. Like when we look at our grandparents' generation or certain people, they were raised in a certain mentality. 
but most likely she's probably first generation Asian American. So our generation looks at things much differently than how our parents and how they were raised up in. And then not only that, there's also power in walking away. You should never let anyone steal your peace. I know that you don't want your woman to be disrespected. And I know you don't want to be disrespected. But also in the eyes of God, he is a righteous judge. And it may be the most biblical thing, or I know you say you're not God, but if you literally turn the other cheek and pray for him and just don't react to him, then he will be looking like a fool himself. It takes two people to argue. It just takes one to make uh it just takes one person to be the bigger person and to walk away. And honestly, if you if you really want to get him to stop what he's doing other than praying and fasting to God, make amends with his wife. The wife, they say politics are discussed in the bedroom. A woman is closer to her man's heart and she can be able to help turn the attitude around. Make friends with the other family members so that they can also rebuke him in private. You need people who are in your corner and for you um, in private so that no matter what the trash talk or whatever language he speaks or whatever, you have people literally in your corner. And, you know, here's here's a, some spiritual wisdom from a book. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called the Bible. Um, Romans twelve twenty. If your enemy is hungry, it's weird to think about your in-laws as enemies, but, you know, Take what you will from this. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Uh, kind of like kill them with kindness. Um, so, you know, if your father-in-law is mean and insulting, uh, you know, be nice. And, you know, how many cheeks can you turn until you turn into a grave? I mean, that goes back to, you know, what we already said, right? Like, you don't need to stay around and, and suffer. Like, excuse yourself. <laughs> Make your make your meetings fewer and farther in between, and they'll either learn, or you're not going to have to see them very much anyway because it's going to work itself out. One hundred. What's up, Michael? Hey, hey. So I did have to uh, when I closed uh, the app yesterday, it forced me to update it. <laughs> How do you like the new update? Uh, I don't know. I don't, uh, I'll hang on as a background noise. Close my sunroom. Uh, oh, yeah, and anyone listening, by the way, find yourself to uh, the pinned link at the top. You can join the Ask a Christian Discord server, so no matter what happens with Clubhouse or where we go, uh, we can consolidate there so we don't lose touch with any of the people we like. Do oh, it. Fire me. The, for the record, for what it's worth, today is my birthday. I'm turning 20. Happy birthday, Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Oh, I had a question for you, and I'll ask it now to you. Uh, Harold, the thing I was going to ask, like, yeah, you, you're talking to your wife. Um, are, are you guys back together? Did you, like, make up and all that stuff, or is it still long distance? I mean, you could say uh, we're definitely bonding back together, but we haven't, like, we haven't moved back together yet. Did you say, Harold, with you. did you say you were 20 years old? No, I'm, I'm turning 26 today. Oh, oh okay. I was going to say, I, 26, I mean, you're still, you're the same age as my daughter, which is frightening, but, wow. <laughs> I would be young again. Hey, quickly, since you weren't part of the conversation, uh, what good secular humanist advice would you give if your uh, daughter was wanting to marry someone? 
and they were currently, I guess, living together in their um, her her future in-laws' house, and her future in-laws just apparently were very racist and hated her. Uh, but she liked the the guy she was marrying and living with, so um, it was just constant contention and angst. Um, every time she had to deal with her future mother and father-in-law, they're like disrespective of her and all that stuff. And she's like, "No, we're gonna get married someday, and I really like this guy." So. How, what advice would you give her from a good moral atheist perspective? Uh, well, assuming that I like the guy, um, how, how he's racist he? against your daughter. How do you like the guy? Oh, you mean the one she's going to marry? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's um, fine. Oh, okay. And, and how old is, uh, like, is the daughter like, like my daughter? Same, same age. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, I don't know. Bubby, how old are you? Uh, let's say 20. They're both 20? 20. Okay. So they're adults. Um, if I had the capacity, I would, uh, I'd ask them to stay with us for a while until they got established. Um, I, I definitely do everything I could to try to get them out of a, out of a toxic environment. Um, my experience, generally speaking, with people who, you know, have, you know, are racist is um, you, you can't seem to re- reason them out of that position. Um, I think they have to reason themselves out of a position like that. So I would do everything I could could to support them, uh, you know, like possibly move the, you know, like I said, move them into our place, um, something like that, uh, until they get established. Um, and then you know, support, you know that this is any way I could. And then you know this is going to be a person that they're going to have to deal with for the rest of their life. So um, no, you don't. How, what advice? What? It, or, well, okay. I mean, uh, assuming like you know the son's not going to like you know disown his parents and stuff like that. They're, they're going to be around at, like, you know, the wedding, birthdays, you know, maybe the, stuff like that. So, like, how would you – like, that's a given, right? Like, you can't say move to Mars. Like, that's this scenario. That's well, no, how it is. No, but there is this – like, I'm of the firm firm conviction that blood does not constitute family. family right, right, right. Acts, family acts like family, and if they don't, they're not. Right, but this scenario um, – for this scenario, they're, they're going to have to interact. So what would your advice be – like, uh, if, if the mean father-in-law or mother-in-law starts, like, being disrespectful, like, would you tell your daughter to, you know, um, if, if they can give it, they better take it, be disrespectful back, be more disrespectful. Or would you say, no, sit there and just take it because, you know, you got their uh, son as your husband, and that's doing more, more harm to them anyways, so you won. Or would you say, uh, no, you don't need to be disrespected, so if they start saying that, uh, you know, being disrespectful, just, you know, excuse yourself and leave. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I would not say kind of like, I mean, it's hard. It's, it can be difficult to say what you do in a situation until you're faced with that situation. Um, you know, but what's your, what was your line, Nate? Treat them like family until you can't. Yes. Um, and I, and I think that there's, I think there's some wisdom in that, right? Like, you know, be as nice to them as you can be until, until they either no longer deserve it or you no longer have the capacity. Everybody has a breaking point, right? And and, you know, and if you feel like you're approaching that, then you just extricate yourself from the situation, right? Um, and and it's and I think because because I take the view that I do, right, that this is the only life we know we have for sure, right? And it, it'll sound egotistical, but my time is valuable, and so I I, I get to choose who I'm going to spend that time with, and who I'm not going to spend that time with, and I'm not going to spend time with you know with toxic people whether they are in my quote-unquote family or not. 
yeah, I just wanted to see how your um, ah, non-Jesus advice would line up with our Jesus advice. And, you know, as far as the practical matter, yeah, it's pretty similar. It's just a reasonable approach. Uh, yeah, Dee. So in, in this situation, someone who is racist is, wait, what's the situation? Like the, the girl is staying at a house with a racist family member? Well, it's claims of racism. Probably, it's probably like maybe, maybe like, uh, oh, here it comes. Okay, here it comes. Bubby, control yourself. Talk like a normal adult. Let me clear up the situation. Talk like a normal adult. Let me clear up the situation. The situation is me and my fiance at the moment, we are moving into our own place because her parents are racist towards me, don't like me because of my race for the most part. And at the same time, um, her parents have been consistently verbally abusive towards her at home, which I've expressed in chat as well. And they've done nothing but tear her down and do nothing but make our lives a living hell, put restrictions on her that make it look like she's a child when she's 21 years of age. And we're tired of it. Um, and as for having to deal with them later, she's made it explicitly clear that she does not want them at the wedding or that the birth of our child either. So, yeah, we're good. We're not going to have to deal with them like Michael said. Yeah, I thought that at 22. That's exactly what I thought. You guys live with the parents? No. Okay. I thought. Wait, what? I thought you, were, you guys were living with them. Not with the parents, alone together. Is that Prince? Well, then how often yeah. do you actually see these people? Okay, let me explain this slowly again. We are in the process. We are in contract right now. Bobby, where do you each live place. now? That's the question. Where do you each live now? She's about at home. 30, about, 30 away, about 30 away from each other, but I make the drive every day around 2 a.m. to see her when her parents are asleep. Oh, wow. Wait. That's... Oh, God. Okay. This whole thing was, like, predicated on you guys living together, and that was the issue. So you're no, not living so together? No, they're not living together now. She's living with his parents. They just bought a condo. They're moving in together when they close next month. Oh, so they're – okay, so, I mean, whenever I ask if you're still living in Santa, you know, I mean, I was, I was serious, but also wondering if, if that – because that was what I thought you said last time. Okay, so they're not living together unmarried now. They are planning to live together unmarried in the future. Yes. So, like, they are premeditating sin. Wonderful. Yes, that's what I'm trying to cut off at the past. That's exactly what All right. Yes. <laughs> Let's let actual Pastor Marker Malik deal with this. All right, you guys have fun. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what else to say. I mean, you know, clearly everyone knows it's unbiblical, but it's like, well, you know, if, if you know it's unbiblical and you're doing it anyways, I, I, I mean, we say, say that's bad. You know it's bad. I don't know what else to say. If they live together but they don't have sex, then would it be considered unbiblical? So yes. I mean, he's 20, he's 20 and he's Bubby. What do you think is going to happen? That's the situation that I <sighs> no, was in. So <clears throat> when my husband and I got married, we had a my, my home pastor from my childhood growing up married us. But before he agreed to marry us, he said that he wanted to do six months of premarital counseling, which was very scary because we would have had, if he said no at the end of that, we would have had to find another pastor. And I really wanted this pastor to marry us. So he knew we were living together. And he did six months of every week premarital counseling with us where he was walking us through like we were living together already. We split up bedrooms. We were accountable to this pastor and we were honest with him. It was really hard to, again, undo the damage we had done. And so during that whole time prior to our marriage, at the end, the pastor did agree to marry us. But it was like a long process even trying to get that. So I guess the moral of the story I would say is, yeah, that was our goal too. We got a two bedroom and we moved in together thinking, oh, we'll just, 
you know, we'll live together, but we're not going to live together, you know, and it, that doesn't work. It doesn't. Yeah. And to also answer her question in the eyes of God, you also have to take into account that that's still his daughter, right? There's an earthly father, but you also have to answer yep. to your heavenly father. And the heavenly father is the worst one to answer to in that regards, because your body is not your own. He made her, he made you, you need to answer to him. And that's the biggest one, right? So with anything, with heartbreak and everything, all of that will be, you will be held liable. Just like a man is supposed to be the spiritual covering. He is bootleg. I'm not talking about, Bubby, I'm not, you know, I love you, but different people have bootlegs, God's creation, but they're still going to have to answer. You can't have a counterfeit or have it like your way, like Burger King. It does not work like that with God. I'd, I'd like to ask uh, Pastor Mark, you don't have to come up on stage if you can't talk, but if you, if you can like answer in chat or send me a back message, I, I would love to get an actual pastor's take on the earlier question. Like for a lot of people like Bubby and, and Sky and chat and like, you know, millions of other people, I'm sure. Like, you know, they, they would check all the boxes for marriage in every way, except they don't want to be married in the eyes of the state because of like financial reasons, health insurance, like the insurance costs and stuff like that. Um, so that's the only reason they wouldn't want to get married uh, with like a, a government certificate or at a court or something like that. So my question, Mark, was would you as a pastor uh, think that, no, if I marry someone, it has to be. And I don't know if there's a law or something like that. I don't even know. Um, probably not. But would you as a pastor think, okay, if they check the boxes in every other way, like premarital counseling, like, you know, these are people you totally are excited about marrying, but they're like, can you just do it without the government certificate? Because we don't want to get legally married in the eyes of the government. We only want to be married in the eyes of the church and God. Um, would you think that is acceptable? Or would you say, no, no, if I marry anyone, uh, it has to have a legal certificate. Um, you know, the, the government has to has to recognize your marriage. Otherwise I won't marry you. Um, if you're able to answer that, I would really be interested in an in actual pastor's takes on that. Cause I, I mean, I think from j just reasonably, I like, I'm not a fan. I mean, I, I love the government. You guys are great. Um, you, you oppress me for my own good. I know that, but I mean, I, I'm not a fan of, of government involvement in our lives. So like, I, I don't think I would have any problem with that. I would actually be kind of happy to do that and be like, yes, God is the only authority that matters. The state like if you're going to say the state has to recognize a union, the state is also like heretical in the eyes of God. They recognize like, you know, same sex unions. They, they recognize all these other unions that are completely uh, antichrist and unbiblical. So why does that matter? Um, unless there's like something like, well, if you're in the laws of Caesar, then do it. But Caesar wouldn't prohibit that. Like Caesar would be like, fine, if you want to get married in the eyes of your religion and you don't want to get married by the state, well, we don't care. We'll just consider you unmarried. So I don't even think Caesar, our Caesar would care. So it's like, it's playing by Caesar's rules. So I would be like thrilled to like marry people. You know, if they check all the other boxes, they're just like, well, I don't want to be legally married in the eyes of government. I'm like, great. Cause being married in the eyes of God is all that really matters anyway. Um, it happens all the time here in California, by the way, especially like with Muslims, Christians, different people. Um, but Nate, I did have a question for you and Steph. Because both of you guys have ties to Asian families, would it be possible for you guys to offer Bubby um, if you guys could help him mediate? Or help at least, you know, the Asian part of your families mediate with another Asian side of the family? Oh, um, are you Asian So, 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 well, hang on. So one, um, I don't want to say this, not all, not all, I, I want, there's two monoliths. 
there's two, not all are monoliths. So uh, Steph said her, her Asian connections are Filipinos, so are mine, um, who are not a monolith. Um, and then further, uh, Vietnamese and Filipinos culturally would have differences as well. Yeah. Um, and also beyond that, um, you know, some white dude that married an Asian, um, I guarantee <laughs> Bubby's father-in-law probably would not want to have a conversation with me. Yeah. And but I'd be happy uh... to. Yeah, I think that's a really good answer. And I would be, oh, I'm always down for a good mediation too, Queen. I think that's actually a really, like, I think that that's a good route to go. However, the problem with that, and he's down in the audience again, the problem with that is that we don't know anything about the father except what Bobby has told us. Oh, she disappeared. She swiped. Queen. I'm swiping. <laughs> oh wait, wait, wait! Can we can we pronounce judgment on people? Is this like is this like Tinder? If you swipe left, no. you swipe right. If people if people swipe left, is that like is that like a residual habit? So if they swipe left, we know they're swiping like you know for sin because they're used to swiping left on Tinder. Like I don't know if left is good. No, or right it's because that's like, what you think the back channel. Is. Thank or for you. Me, I was trying to yeah. You you swipe left because you think the back channel is going to be there or whatever. But then like. You know, for me, I was looking at someone's profile. I think I was looking at Zach's profile. And then when I went to pull it down, like, you know how you pull it down to close it? It swiped me right. Like, it got me. When I was pulling down, it went the wrong direction. Anyway. Okay, fine. Back to what you were saying. Okay. Uh, The bigger problem is that Bubby, I don't know what the father is doing, but Bubby has no interest in reconciling right now. His heart is full of vengeful feelings because he feels that his girlfriend has been seriously, and I'm not saying whether this is true or not. I'm saying he's going to have a different view on it when he becomes a father. But right now he feels like he has very righteous indignation against this man. He doesn't like what he sees. He's seeing his girlfriend in pain and he's seeing, you know, what from his point of view, it's like this horrible abuse situation. So Bubby doesn't have any, he's in rescue mode. He wants to take her away from all this. He has no interest in reconciliation whatsoever. So that's, that's a whole different, like you have to have the parties at least be interested in, coming to an agreement and for the, for the Can record i mean you know bobby I'm, I'm hang on one second uh bobby i'm, I'm sure that you know I, I believe you like um you know it's not to say some stuff may not be exaggerated but i mean you know we do only have one side of the story um what if <laughs> um you know we're, we're like ready to talk to this guy and like you know like do damage control and he's like all i said to the guy was i don't like tacos and he thinks i'm racist I know that's not the case. I believe you, Bubby. But I mean, you know, maybe, I mean, there is two sides of the story. So maybe, maybe it's not as bad or if it is as bad, well then, you know, take all the advice we're giving you because that's from the, it is as bad as you say standpoint. Uh, Ken, what were you saying, Ken? Yeah, I was going to say, well, thank you for having me up. I've enjoyed the conversation and I think overall conversation on Christian living is necessary. When you mentioned pastor, um, I, I was a senior pastor for four years and associate pastor for five and I think that there is just some basic stuff. So one, I do, you know, recognize their brother Bub, you know, that there is some some hurt and some trauma there, right? Like I, I can I can see that, right? Like, and I think that you are right. Like, hey, you shouldn't have tick abuse. I'm not one of those. I came from a real abusive Pentecostal church, right? I'm not trying to pick on Pentecostals, but that's where I came in. It's like, hey, is he beating you? Are you still alive? Okay, there's you know there's hope. So I'm not going there. But what I will, what I must say is that I think that, and I, and I put this in the chat. My father-in-law is a, you know, a, a Muslim and like well-known in the community where I'm from, right? So the idea of his daughter marrying this Christian man, because I was already Christian, oh, there was so many things said. I was a Kafir. I was going to hell. There was a lot of different things. There's a lot of places I was going to, and he could tell you how fast I was going there. 
and I was going to destroy his family. And if he had grandchildren, they are going to be worshiping this white man. You know, literally all this stuff goes on. But the way I honored God and I still honor him is I married his daughter and it's been 11 years. Right. So I actually did something in that, that scripture that Mark quoted and Nate quoted in Romans is so true because right now he has, he's depending on us because he has early onset of dementia. And the first thing he says is that do not do anything without my, my son-in-law and my daughter. Right. And that, and I, I know when I first got there, I was like, who is this man talking to? Because I'm from the hood. So I'm like, yeah, we can scrap whatever. Right. You know, but I also had to say, I need to glorify God. And the best way I knew how to do that at that moment is to marry his daughter, not play games, not, you know, and in terms of the eyes of God, and this is from a pastoral perspective, whether eyes of God are out of marriage, what, what I'm saying is, is that yes, the eyes of God certainly matters. Like that is the, that's the one who set marriage. But I also think that again, as Christians, we now, and this is my philosophical view, so I'm not pulling it from a biblical text, but we now can make a, a stance and, you know, we talk about what marriage is and we're defining, right? So when I signed that paper recently, I just um, presided over a wedding. It was between this man and this woman. I'm, I'm pushing back on what's going on. And so that, that's kind of how I view it. And again, it says, I write always under, as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, I write that on every certificate. I'm landing, but I just want to encourage you, hey, I, even, you know, best case scenario, let's start some premarital counseling because I think it's going to unearth because I, I can't speak for your fiance, but there's love, I'm sure, still there. And so she has to work through that because if not, as Steph said, and I agree, I'm going to call you Reverend Steph. I totally agree with that analysis. It will come back if you don't address it now. So grace and peace, y'all. Yeah, we call her Pastor uh, Steph. Well, since you, hey, wait, 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 wait. Since, since you used to be a minister, Ken, since you used to be, yeah, confirmation. Since you used to be a, a official minister, and thanks, Pastor Mark, for your answer. He says that he's in, in favor of making it legal. Um, he didn't outright say he definitely would not, but, you know, he said he's in favor for making it legal, and he gave his um, gave his explanation, so I, I appreciate that. So what, what do you say, Ken? Um, I think Malik said he would want a, a legal document from somewhere saying they're they're married in the eyes of a human government. Uh, Mark cited on that. What what do you cite on? Do you say that as well? Like in order to marry someone when you were a pastor that you would definitely want to make it legal in the eyes of man or no, if, if you don't want to get married in the eyes of government? Yeah, I, I, I actually cite on, you know, I always, I, I've never married any couple that did not have their certificate. Um, and I cite on this is that, you know, while the eyes of God is the most important, I think that there there are some you know some some things, and I'm not going the benefits argument because you know we could argue that, but I, I'll just land there. I, I've never married a couple that did not have that, so I think I might need to flesh that out more. I think God matters, you know, for sure. Like that that's who sets marriage. But I also might say is that when we talk about invasive, I don't know about anybody else on stage. But I think the marriage certificate is the least form of, in, you know, invasive that the government has. I'm just going to be honest. Like, I've never, like, felt like the government was watching me because I was married. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. Yeah, I it was really maybe. kind of predi Yeah, it was really kind of predicated on the excuse of once you're married, then you're joined. So, like, you know, debts and insurance costs and, like, ju just, like, monetary costs that are, like, in taxes are different for married couples and not. It was predicated on like money stuff. Um, yeah, and I understand that because I, you know, we filed jointly and stuff like that. Like I, I get, I get that, but I, I don't think that that actually. I think in that case, I don't know if that harms you. 
right? It depends on who you are. It depends on the financial bracket. And, you know, we do well for ourselves. So, uh, yeah, I, I think the b- bottom line is that if you're going to say, okay, let's say the eyes of God is what you truly believe in, then do that. And I don't know if there was even a willingness to even do that. And I think that that's what Steph might have been alluding to. Well, yeah. if you say that that's it, then do that then. Okay. And yeah, yeah, I mean, I guess, I, I mean, I guess that's, well, well, I guess that's the answer. Cause you know, from the three actual pastors, uh, they've all said, you know, they, they would want to make it legal. And, uh, you know, I guess that's why you guys were pastors and Steph and I are not, cause we're both like, uh, you know, I'm like, you know, forget the government and Steph's like, that's a good idea. So, you know, that's why we're not pastors. Um, well, did what, you see, what, did, I was just going to say, did you see Mark's response? Uh, yeah, that's why I said, I saw his response and he came down oh, okay. the side of making it legal. Um, I, I, I want to get to uh, Esme, I see you on mute, and we're going to get right to you. Um, but yeah, Abba, did you come up to say something about that? Like, oh, I, did, did you read it? Mark's? Like, did you read it out though? I'm sorry, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't know yeah. if you had. Okay, he said he's yeah, for was... making it legal, legal, but he did have another. He said marriage, government, and the church in that chronological order. So I, I yeah, don't know. Because God sets it up, so he, he he's yeah. for making it legal because God ultimately, you know, puts the government, uh, you, you know, puts the people in power, and it's God that does it. So that's why he said he's for making it legal. So yeah, but it sounded like agree. he was making room to agree with you that Bobby, at like it would be best if he made it legal. I don't know, maybe Mark, you could flesh that out. But it sounded well, but, like he was allowing some space there for Bobby to just freaking go get married by a pastor. And I mean, the problem is Bobby is actually going to be financially helped by this. This is the part that's so confusing. The one thing he has to figure out is that if he gets married under the age of twenty six, he's removed from his parents' health insurance. Otherwise, marriage is only going to help him financially. So that's the health insurance is the one thing that so even the financial argument doesn't doesn't really hold water for me uh abba did you want to speak on this or the marriage thing yeah um for me at least in my professional rabbi organization um and i'm looking for the particular line in the in the standards of practice book but i'm pretty sure that i'm not permitted uh to perform a religious wedding without a civil wedding I know that the reverse is true. I'm not permitted to do a civil wedding without a religious wedding. But I, but, uh, and I'm not even sure, right? So I wouldn't do that, right? Because the state only thinks I'm an authority to do weddings because I do religious weddings, right? Because I'm a member of an ecclesiastic, recognized ecclesiastical uh, organization. And someone else has signed off on my religious criteria. On a technical on a technical level, right? There is no problem Jewishly with just doing a Jewish wedding without a civil marriage, but but being a functionary of the state in that way, in other words, the state only recognizes my power to do that because I do what the state says. I have authority from Jewish, right? And because I have authority from Jewish, then I have authority from the state. So I'm pretty sure that the standard, at least in my branch of Judaism, is you can never do them separately. That's true, okay. Abba. It's true with all of us. Uh, even if you're an ordained so minister, you so there you go. It's true. You can't do one without the other. Yeah, and I guess that was my question. To clarify, real fast, uh, Pastor Park. Yeah, uh, to, he says to clarify his position: get married before living together. Yeah, everyone says that. Like uh, everyone speaking, uh, we're all saying don't live together. Like it, that's that's sinful. Even Bobby knows that. Um, so so no one's saying that. Uh, the specific question was: as a pastor, would you marry? Would you think it's it's like Okay, like unsent. It, it's it's okay. Forget states. As a pastor, like, would you think it is not sinful if you had a religious wedding and you know a pastor is like, I now pronounce you mar- mar- man and wife, 
you are no longer living in sin if you cohabitate and you know have sex with each other. Um, then that's fine because God recognizes that as a marriage, as a union, even if you leave the state 100% out of it. That that was the question. Uh, oh. and, and yeah, so I yeah, I mean yeah, sure. If you want to like if if you want to sort of loophole it around that way, like I have nothing to disagree with there. Um, oh, sure. Uh, yeah, it's like like Braveheart, right? Like you know, because the government was like a tyrannical government and prima nocta, and they were trying to like you know rape the wife of the mar- the groom and all that stuff. So like you know, I mean, it's a little more tyrannical than insurance costs. But I mean, you know, it's like that. Like they got married in secret, right? So like they they had like the uh, they had the religious person there, and it was the religious person before God and the husband and wife. So they like, they got married in the middle of the night in secret, so to specifically keep the government out of it, that type of thing, right? So it's like. You know, it, yeah, and that was the thing. It's more like, not do you think it's just not a sin, but would would you think that's, like, proper? And then Mark gave evidence that, you know, because God allows the state to be in the authority that, you know, that would be evidence that he thinks it should – any marriage he's a part of, uh, marrying people should have a state sponsorship behind it. Um, but, yeah, so, so Mark, um, different question than uh, S- me. We're coming right to you. Um, well, can I have one more thing? Nate, can I just add one more thing real quick? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I remember situations in rabbinical school where, um, you know, a couple was not yet married, but they were living together. And this was not – the folks running the school were not in favor of this for obvious reasons. And so they – there is a – there was a way to enter into a legally binding quasi-marriage relationship such that they wouldn't be quote unquote living in sin, but they wouldn't have actually been, but they're not actually really full married. And in their minds, right. As a couple, they're not officially married, but there are devices here to be used to allow people to not be living in sin while simultaneously not being officially married um, in the sense that we tend to mean it conventionally. So, you know, on the, on the living in sin issue, I think there are strategies to be applied if you want to sort of not go all the way to marriage. But if already you're going to go all the way to marriage, I think it's proper to um, have that be recognized by all of the authorities. Noted. And I guess I'll just say the last thing because um, we, we kind of beat this dead horse. Um, yeah. So like it would be it would be my conviction that uh, – you know, because in Christianity, I know it's different what you said, the the, um, the circumstance you were talking about, Rabbi. Um, but, you know, in Christianity, obviously, it'd be like marriage or nothing. Um, th- there's no, like, wiggle room. Uh, but I believe, you know, it'd be perfectly fine if Bubby grabbed someone like a, you know, a Christian elder or a Christian authority um, and grab a couple witnesses and you go make your covenant before your spouse and God and these witnesses um, that in the eyes of God, you're married and then you start cohabitating. I don't think that would there would be anything wrong with that. Like, personally, it is my conviction that would be fine. Like maybe, you know, it, it, the benefit of the state, sure, whatever, do it. But if it's really that big of a problem um, and you're like, yes, I've prayed through it. I've used my discernment to the best of my ability, blah, blah, blah. I want to get married, but you know, I, I don't because of the state thing. I'm like, great. Grab a, grab a pastor, grab some witnesses who are willing to marry you in the eyes of God, make your covenants. You're married. Um, anyway, that, that's kind of just my conviction. Uh, Esme, you've been up here for a long time. What did you want to say? Hey, um, thanks for having me. Um, uh, I think there's a lot of wisdom on the stage. So I want to ask an opportunistic question. But if it's like too far off the discussion, it's okay to like put me in the audience or whatever. Um, but it's because uh, I recognize myself in 
Bobby's like anger or at least like a past version of myself in terms of anger towards like, you know, abusive parents um, and creating strong boundaries around that. Um, and I'm now in a place where I don't have that anger anymore. I have forgiven in trying to reconcile, you know, the relationship. And this person is my father. I'm trying to reconcile the relationship as I think through the facts that getting to a place where I want to get married and have children. And I recognize that I might have regret, like what Steph talked about. Um, if I don't fix this, um, I'm trying to build a relationship, but I see unrepentance. I still see the behaviors that were there, you know, 10 years ago that damaged our family a lot. And so I'm yep. really struggling in a place where I have strong conviction in my faith, but I'm now at this crossroads where I'm like, in my dreams, only your father, I'm your, your mother and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I'm really struggling between, like, you know, obeying that. What does that look like? Maintaining a strong, like, not not feeling like a hypocrite in terms of what I believe in my faith, but living out my life in a way where I don't have an abusive person, you know, like creating havoc and pain and misery in, in my life. So I'm just wondering, uh, what are the maybe scriptures or experiences that informed you being able to, like, fully forgive and have like a healthy relationship or at least a respectful one, if not a, an intimate one with, you know, your earthly parental figures or elders, um, that sort of thing. So, yeah. Can I Big take a question? I was about to call on you. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> um, I think the first thing I had to do was shed the desire for the intimate relationship. Like you just said, have a relationship that's respectful or something like that, uh, you know, respectful or, or, you know, you, you, you said like, it's not intimate. It's respectful. I had, I had this view in my head of how a parent should be. Um, and then neither of my parents met that expectation. And so in order, like the first step I had to take was accept that they didn't, and they may never. Um, and that freed me from the burden of trying to control the situation. Like, I felt like I kept trying to teach my parents, like, this isn't what you should do. That's not what you should say. I don't like that. You said that to me, you, you know, this isn't right. And so when I let go of the responsibility to teach them how I wanted them to be, that liberated me from a serious burden. So that was the first step. I will never have an intimate relationship with my parents, and I have to be okay with that because that's what they've chosen. That was really, really, really hard to do, and it took years to just get to that place of like full acceptance of that. Then the other thing I did, and I had to do this when I had children, my son has special needs, and my father and, and the unrepentant part is part of what makes it hard. There's been no reconciliation between me and my parents at all. Um, the, it's just like, once I accepted that the conflict stopped because as queen said earlier, it takes two to argue. When I stopped arguing, it became very one sided. And this wasn't me permitting their behavior. What I did instead of arguing was exactly what Nate said. I began to limit my time. So for example, my son who's five now has special needs. He's got a lot of delays my dad is very, very unkind to my son um, in a way that he was unkind to me. And just without going into a lot of detail, he's just very cruel to him. Um, and he doesn't understand that my, some, of the things my, some of the things my son does are behavioral, but most of them are not. So I had seen two or three instances where I saw this behavior that hurt me so much resurfacing. And because it wasn't at me, it was at my child. I actually found myself in a place where I was able to step back and look at it a little bit more impartially and say, wow, that is really not acceptable. But again, instead of retaliating or trying to teach my dad that lesson, my husband and I set rules together. Uh, Peter is not allowed to be alone with my dad. 
And we never told my dad this. We haven't said it to him because it would just start an argument in our life. It's just, we don't create the opportunity for conflict. Peter's not allowed to be alone with my dad because my dad is cruel to him. The end. <laughs> I may never tell my dad that that's the rule. He may never notice, but that's the rule. So what really helped me was also limiting time. So I used to go up and stay at my parents' house for a couple days at a time, and it would always devolve, like, because I have so little self-control and because these things are still, they're still there, like, I'm still hurt by this. I don't spend more than one day at a time at my parents' house. I haven't in 10 years. And that has helped me maintain this, um, this lack of desire for what I want them to be. It, it has helped me to stop controlling them. I can go there and if they're in a good mood and it's great, great. If they're in a bad mood and it's horrible, I'm leaving in two hours. So they are forming now their own relationship with my children. There are parts that I see that are healthy and parts that I see that are unhealthy. I control what I can control, which is usually time. And I have shed all responsibility for trying to fix them. Does that help us? It helps a ton. A very quick follow-up. So what I'm taking away is, you know, remove the expectation around intimacy um, and then also just like limiting time with them. One of my things that I'm struggling around that is um, in the 10 years I've been apart from my father and he also divorced my mother, um, everyone has left him basically. And one of the things I'm now concerned about is his health and just, you know, as he gets old, I do feel a sense of duty and responsibility. And I'm like, how do I, it's very difficult for me to completely ignore him and not like try and figure out, is he healthy? What does he need? You know, retirement and all that kind of stuff. Unfortunately, it's not really a situation where he's totally, I mean, if he does it independently, he'll suffer. And I just can't see myself living a fantastic life and being okay in my faith and like doing charity work and giving tithes and all that kind of stuff. My dad is like somewhere rotting away, you know, that's one of the things I'm thinking through. Like, how do I even, I don't know how to have conversations with him where he, where I can learn what I need to in order to fulfill responsibilities. Or is it that I'm not even supposed to take it on? Like he's my parent, not my child. <laughs> right. So this is where such a good question. And I had some of this as well. I mean, my mom is blind and so she doesn't really have a lot of need there, but there has been stuff that she has needed me for. And I have been, so I have felt tempted to punish. Like, well, you weren't there for me when this really bad thing happened. In fact, you contributed to this horrible pain, painful thing that happened. And now you expect me to help you. Um, and that was really hard. I had to, again, I was liberated when I let that go. When I, I really wanted to say no to certain things because it would have been just, and I wanted to dole out the justice. Um, and when I, I, like by the grace of God and nothing I did, uh, I was freed from that after year, like it took a long time. So with your dad's health, I would say, I guess this comes back to boundaries too. Like you're, if you see something coming up ahead that your father is neglecting, say he's a drinker and now he's having liver problems and you're like, oh, I really want to go and help him. Maybe I want to sign him up for AA or maybe I want to do this thing that I know would help him. Um, maybe you don't do that, right? You're not there to swoop in and save the day. He's your father. However, it might be that if you heard that he was becoming homeless or if he's becoming mentally incapable of taking care of himself, you, your responsibility is to set up some system um, where he is taken care of. Maybe you, uh, help him find a home to move to. Maybe you help him get in home care. Um, you know what I mean? Like the boundary there is going to be that you, you don't want to put yourself in a position where you return to that vengeful, angry place, but you also don't want to allow your parents to rot away in a ditch. 
So I think somewhere in there is a boundary of, I will help you with what I can help you with. Um, I will, so you have some retirement savings that you've told me about and you have a pension coming in. So financially, this is going to be the at-home care that we can get for you. I've organized it for you. I've signed you up. Let me know how you like your nurse. Let's talk again in two days. That kind of thing, I think. But moving him in under your roof and having him scream at you all day is not going to, does that make sense? Like somewhere in there is a line and I think it just takes wisdom and prayer to find it. Yeah, thanks a ton. I don't want to take over the room with this this little angle, um, but it's been very helpful. Thank you so much. Sure. And, and like uh, Pastor Mark says, you know, you can't go wrong by by uh, doing godly things. And, and I, I totally agree with that and what Steph said. Like, you know, it's like uh, loving someone and forgiving someone in no way equates to submitting yourself for their, um, you know, pain and suffering or being their punching bag. So, you know, I, I, I often think like, you know, love is, you know, goodness, I'm like channeling Roy, like love is a verb, love is a doing, right? So like if your worst enemy who hates you um, is like lying, you know, hungry and beaten and dead, like the good Samaritan, except he'd be a bad Samaritan or wait, the Samaritan was the good one that helped him, right? Anyways, the, the bad person um, who's like laying outside in a, in a ditch, it's like, okay, well, you hate that person or that person hates you. You can do nothing. And that's totally just, maybe you can go like, you know, ag them on a little bit. That's like deserved. But what's the godly answer? It's like, okay, well, if you're showing love for your neighbors and love for your enemies, even, um, you know, do good for those who persecute you, go call nine one, not go call nine one one, go give the guy some water, go throw the guy a bagel. Like, you know, even if it's like very minimal, you can still show godly effort and godly love. And if he's like, get away from me, I hate you. I don't want anything from you. Blah, blah, blah. Great. I'll leave. Here's some water. I'm keeping you from dying. I've called some help. They're on their way. It's like, I hate you. I don't want your help. Great. There's the water anyway. See you later. I'll pray for you. Yeah. So, you know, it's like you, you can still do good things and not subject yourself to all, all this other stuff. Um, and I have Nicole, one, more, one more thought on that okay. real quick. Uh, I completely agree with that. And Esme, just as a final thing, I'll say, and then I'll be quiet. Uh, I had a very, I have a very wise Christian friend who I trust oh, her discernment. Oh. Yeah, it's not Nate. Uh, no, <laughs> I have a, a real life in my real life friend who uh, she said to me this thing once. She had a very abusive older sister who was 20 years older than her. And was there was just so many stories. I mean, it was pretty horrific that the way the sister had treated her. And Claire said to me once that she realized that sometimes Christian love can look like disdain. Because what she had to do was cut off the relationship with her sister for a time. Um, and she said that otherwise it was unloving. She was put, Claire was putting herself in a position where her sister could continue to abuse her. And she ended up enabling her sister to continue on in that behavior. And so Claire didn't retaliate. She just set up that brick wall, you know, and, and she just said, I can't like, I can't allow you to keep doing this to me. And she said that her sister appealed to the Bible and said it was ungodly. But Claire came to the conclusion that it was more ungodly. Sorry, my baby's very happy. Claire came to the conclusion that it was more ungodly to allow her sister to continue. And so that's the decision she made. And the end to that story actually was that, you know, not the sister had a lot of problems. She ended up committing suicide before they reconciled. And so then Claire had to work through that, like what was her part in that relationship and and so it was complicated, but she stood by the fact that, you know, regardless of how it could have ended, she knew that she could not have allowed her sister to continue in that behavior and that not putting up the wall would have, would have enabled. So there's something there too. I don't know if that helps.
Uh, Nicole, what's up, Nicole? Hey, Nate. Hey, everybody. How's it going? I just wanted to come up and share my uh, quick story with Esme. I believe I pronounced your name correctly. Concerning my dad. So, similar situation. Uh, my parents divorced when I was 10. My dad was uh, physically and verbally abusive to my mom, who was an alcoholic. And when she left him and divorced him, he tried to kill her. And it was about 10 or 11 at that time. Thank God uh, that a family member was there uh, to protect my mom when he came to the house to try to kill her. So needless to say, during my teen years, I really, I did not want to have much to do with my dad, even though I had to see him on weekends. Um, you know, I just put my feelings of anger and disdain towards him for years, all through my teen years, really up until I got married. And right around age 24, when I got married, <laughs> my husband was the one who brought it to my attention that I needed to go get counseling and, and resolve whatever issues, <laughs> you know, that I was dealing with, with my dad. And I didn't do it. I didn't do it until I was in my early 30s. And with the advice of my pastor, that was 19 years ago, I decided to uh, have a conversation with my dad about just everything I witnessed during my childhood with him and how it negatively affected my life. And um, he apologized for everything. And from there on, uh, my dad and I, we became so close. We were inseparable. And um, last year, he passed away. Uh, I live in Texas. He's in Maryland. I do have uh, four, four children, but three are grown now. But I worked it out with my husband because I'm an only child. So I worked it out with my husband where I would fly back and forth every month to help take care of him during his last days. And the story ends very well. Uh, Mark is in the audience. Mark heard my story about my dad back in 2021. And Mark put him on his prayer list for salvation. And in March of last year, because my dad died April, April 3rd, in March of last year, my husband uh, went to the hospital, shared the gospel with my dad, and he gave his life to Christ a few weeks before he died. And so um, my advice to you, and sorry, I sound like I'm out of breath, I'm walking. <laughs> my advice to you would be do as the Holy Spirit leads you concerning your dad. Um, always uh, keep a door open for reconciliation if it's possible, if it's possible. And um, I'm big on that fifth commandment, honoring your parents. Um, and, um, oh gosh, I lost my train of thought. But I'll, I'll just end with this. Just allow the Holy Spirit to uh, lead and direct you as far as um, the situation with your father. And thanks for allowing me to share, Nate. Beautiful. Sure, thank you. Oh, Esme was going to respond. Yeah, I was just going to say thanks. Like, I guess as a technicality, we are reconciled. It's just that I'm feeling my heart become hardened by that. I guess I'm, like, slightly traumatized. And, like, when he shows certain signs in conversation or he says certain things or, like, actually will outright lie and say that certain, he didn't do certain things, I'm just like, yeah, you're not a changed man. I can't have you in my life. Like, that's my gut reaction, my kind of knee-jerk reaction. Um, and I start to think about the future, about, like, 
can I bring my children when I have them around this man? Do I even want my husband around this man? You know, that sort of thing. Like I just, it's almost like I'm starting to want to cut him off again. And that's what I'm like working through in terms of like the hardness of my heart and figuring out what does the new relationship look like? Because today we text um, and I mostly ignore his texts. I don't even respond because literally seeing his messages irritates me. I'm like, this foolish man, excuse me, you know, it's my father. I shouldn't speak about him like that. But that's how I feel. I feel this hardness in my heart. But I think in all that you've shared today, Nicole, Steph, um, someone else spoke to me earlier. Um, it is encouraging um, about the direction in which to go and just to continue praying. Um, I think fundamentally, maybe at the root of it is just my own. Maybe I thought I fully forgave and I, and I didn't. And I need to continue working on that. So this has all been helpful. I'm going to leave now. Because <laughs> I could chat all day and derail all day. Do you want me audience? Before you leave, Esme, just know that that's never a finished, that's never a finished work. That's mm. I mean, in a sense, this is something you, like Steph was saying, you have to recognize. And it's something it's something that you have to kind of manage and, and actively work on. Um or actively recognize in your life because I mean I come from a, my mom is a Jewish mom, so she comes with, she comes with commentary, and <laughs> so her comments are not just comments. She comes with commentary, and I sometimes have those those remarks. You know, oh that's that's un, that's an unnecessary comment. That's an unnecessary statement. Uh, that's very foolish. I don't say them out loud because you know it's my mom, but um, I I have to you know like Stone said. To have a healthy relationship, you have to put some boundaries. Because the boundary is, I just remove myself from the situation um, as quickly as possible. Uh, same thing with my kids. You know, sometimes I, there's been times where I have to like sit down with my kids. My kids are eight, uh, eight, nine, and I have to explain my mother's commentary to my kids. Yeah, that becomes very awkward. Yeah, the other thing, uh, man, she went on the phone. Damn. Oh. Uh, and she, the one thing yeah. that I would say just before you leave also is uh, you said that your father kind of denied the things that was uh, was denying things happen. So sometimes uh, denial uh, can be rooted in embarrassment. Um, and so, you know, like, again, with boundaries, and I think everybody has said this, boundaries, first and foremost, safety, security, things like that. Um, but it, it, it may be that, and I, I see this a lot in, in what I do, uh, a lot of times, like I said, you know, denial can be rooted in embarrassment. And it's like, if, if he denies it, um, it's like telling himself it didn't really happen, even though he, know, he knows it did. So that may be something else just to keep in mind that, you know, as, as you try to communicate with boundaries and, and all those other things in place, it may come in time that he may, he may have the capacity to, uh, to stop denying it. And that could open up uh, some good communication. Well, everyone, thanks. And yeah, like Bubby, uh, Malik, we're stealing that. She comes with commentary. Uh, your, who is it, mother, mother-in-law? No, it's not my actual mother. Oh. Um, I'm just, just but uh, anyway, Malik, it's good to see you. Glad you showed up for a little while today. Um, Hopefully you won't be a stranger, but everyone, I'm going to might be Jewish. <laughs> I'm going to have to run. So have an awesome Friday, awesome weekend, and we'll see you all next time. And hopefully Clubhouse will still be here next week. If not, oh, oh, yeah, if not, real quick, click the pinned link, join the Ask a Christian Discord server. 
that's where we will congregate. So if worst comes to worst and no one can find anyone in Clubhouse, you can always find someone there and be like, hey, good to see you guys. So is, uh, is Discord like our tower of Babel in case we get scattered? <laughs> well, no, this, this, this is the tower of Babel that will do the scattering. Uh, Discord will be the strong refuge put up and sustained by God as a place where believers and good moral atheists without the express belief in a God or gods can congregate and continue having civil religious discussions about biblical Christianity. Amen. Anyway, so uh, Pastor Malik, uh, Prophet Steph, <laughs> we'll see you guys later. Take care. Bye, y'all. Cheers.